on Jericho. Now be, be real with me. We did not bypass chapter five, which is sanctification or consecration, I should say. But then once we talked about rededicating ourselves, we saw the work there of the Passover instituted and circumcision once again, which we are still circumcised, but now it's not by the flesh touch of man, but it's by the Holy Ghost in the heart. Then we moved to Jericho and we saw Jericho fall. Jericho represents to us that one thing that you must deal with if you want to move forward. Today, though, I want to take it one step further. Not only is that one thing, that giant that you encounter once you start your walk with Jesus Christ, but now I want to talk about that private nature, the private sins of our life, the things that we hide deep that nobody can find, but what we don't realize, they are stopping our progression. We are stuck in neutral and we're not going anywhere. We're having church, but we're not going anywhere. Today we're going to deal with that. Somebody say amen. amen. So let's go to verse 9 of chapter 7 for time's sake. You look good to all our visitors. We welcome you. A number of visitors in the house. We thank you for coming. We believe that God has led you this way by his providential hand. And if this word should apply to you or even convict you, take it not that it's aimed at you by the voice of man. But you have just kind of come into the encounter with God by his providence. And then you've got to deal with that encounter. And if you will choose wisely and walk in hand in hand with the Holy Spirit, God will change your life today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go to verse 9, please. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. This is Joshua speaking about the failure then what will you do for great is your name? So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Two words, get up is powerful. It still applies today. Israel has sinned and they've also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them for they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Today, I want to continue our series on moving forward, and I have titled this sermon, No Filters. No Filters. Heavenly Father, would you walk among us today with your glory and your power? Let the voice of God be heard and not the voice of man. For the entertainment value of the church is weak. Tonight, millions from across the world will see the best that entertainment has to offer. The church in no way, shape, or form can duplicate that or equal that. Thus, we should not try. We should stand in who we are and preach the gospel in love, knowing that if the gospel go forth and the ear hear, then that person can be changed. For that to happen, I need prayer warriors to undergird me with prayer today. Not that the pastor would be fabulous, but that the word might go forth in power. And as they pray for me, God, I pray that you would use me. Use me in your hands. And then God, when you're done, sit me down. But until that time, God, let the words of my mouth be yours and let the preacher preach today. 
In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Look to your neighbor, say no filters while you're being seated. This thing that we have in social media is a beautiful thing. On one hand, it's very devastating. It's called great destruction in some families. But on the other hand, it connects us from all across the world. People from my childhood in Society Hill. Back when I was growing up in Society Hill, uh, we, we barely had a, a telephone, much less the internet. Nothing back then, but now I can connect with those people. People from my high school representing Sherrill High, class of 1996. Okay, never mind. But anyway, you understand the Braves. And anyway, and so I can reconnect with them at the touch of a button. But, and that's a beautiful thing. And we can use it for ministry. And it's really a beautiful thing. But let's just be honest. Some of the things that we're seeing on Facebook and social media is not exactly the truth. For a few dollars, you can buy certain filters and you can take your picture and let it go through those certain filters. And by the time you post your picture on that social media, you look a lot younger than what you did actually when you took the picture. So some people come to church and they say, oh, you know her, you're friends with her on Facebook. And I'll say, no, 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 because that, that person looks 90 and on Facebook they look 30. Right? It's the way we are. And I'm not shaming you. I wish I was about 60 pounds lighter, a little bit more hair on my head. I wish there was a filter that would take care of all that in the touch of a moment, but there is no such thing. And the way we do that on social media is because we want to feel better about ourselves, and that's a beautiful thing. But on the other hand, even though that applies for the moment, it's not long-lasting. Because when somebody sees you away from that filter, you are who you are, and you can't change that. And in the church world, I believe we're the same way with that type mindset when it comes to sin. We let sin run through our own filter, our own dialect, our own thinking, our own thought process, man's wisdom, as Corinthian calls it, in compared to God's wisdom. And by the time we get finished with modern day sin, we have watered it down, changed it, gave it a new name, flipped it around, gave it an identity. We'll change all kind of things to fit what we feel and what we think to appease the pleasure that we have in the moment. And while we're doing that in 2019 and we're redefining certain things and abortion and things like that, while we're recategorizing certain things and while we're changing certain things like marriage and all that kind of stuff, I've got to be honest with you this morning as your pastor in love and let you know that God's not redefining those things. And God's not letting them run through our filter to make us feel good. And while God's not sitting up here with stones of judgment this morning, he has led me to preach this word because God does want you to move forward. And God wants his church to move forward. But if we're going to move forward in God, we're going to do it his way and not our way. And we're going to walk in the beauty of holiness still in 2019, walking hand in hand with the Holy Ghost because if we walk in the Spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I've come to preach to somebody this morning, if you want to move forward, first of all, you've got to deal with Jericho. You've got to deal with that one sin as I preached last week. That one sin, not a hundred sins, it's usually one sin that stands right time. You cross the Jordan of salvation that looks at you and says, you will not go with God because you're still addicted to meth. Now it's not the same for everybody. For a lot of church people, it's gossip, but you understand what I'm saying. 
To me, both are just as destructive, to be honest, but that's another sermon as well. But you've got to deal with those things so those walls will fall. But once Jericho falls, you move forward in God, then there's a second journey, the second mountain. And the second mountain is where it's the hardest to me. Because Jericho, we see how strong it is. We see the thick walls of Jericho, but AI is different. The battle here at AI is much different. The people are less. The walls are smaller. It is that private thing that we look at and say, you know what, I really don't need God for this. I can take care of this devil on my own time, my own power. I don't need that preacher. I don't need that church. I don't need that denomination. I don't need the word of God. I will deal with this new mountain all by myself. I want to tell you something today. You're not smart enough, you're not cute enough, and you don't have any anointing in your flesh to destroy these giants. AI is a total different problem because AI is this battle after Jericho 6. It represents an internal problem. You have three enemies. You have an external enemy that's always among us. You have an infernal enemy that you never have to ask to fight you. He knocks on your door every day. But then you have an internal enemy, your flesh, that will always go to bed with you and wake up with you and sit down with you at the steakhouse and wants to steal your joy just like that. You have to face that if you want to move forward. If not, you will stop right here on your spiritual journey. Now, as we move forward, I'm going to show you a couple things. First of all, with Jericho, they're coming off the high of victory. But just like the word of God to be authentic with us, that's when we need to be the most careful, and I'll touch on this in a moment. But just because you've got victory today, don't think that the devil's going to roll over tomorrow. Coming out of victory is many times that we let down our guard like Elijah did, where he's calling down fire on Mount Carmel, but yet a few verses later, he's running, hiding up under a tree, praying that God would kill him and take his life. The Bible is authentic to let us know it's not about us that brings victory. It's our relationship and communion with God, that relationship with him that allows victory to come into our life. Just because you shout today doesn't mean the devil's gonna roll over tomorrow. Just because you speak in tongues today doesn't mean the enemy's gonna run from you tomorrow. Just because you tithe today doesn't mean the devil's not gonna show up on your job tomorrow. He will be there to steal your joy. This second mountain shows us that clearly, that after every victory, there's gonna be a trial. But understand where this trial comes from. This trial comes because somebody in the camp Somebody disobeyed God. And out of their disobedience because they did not listen to the ban of God where God told them, do not do not touch any accursed thing. Do not touch any of the things that A, belong to God or B, that I don't want your hands to touch. If you do these two things, you shall be fine. But if you touch anything that belongs to me or if you touch anything back and take it back to your house that I told you don't put your hands on, then you've got to deal with me. Brother Nolan, I, I was invited to this church and they told me that you love everybody. I do. And they told me that God's a God of love. He is. And Brother Nolan, I don't like the way you're preaching right now, so this is my last time coming. And what you don't realize is this. I'm not your mama. You're saying, I'm not going to lie to you. True love is authentic. It tells the truth. Yes, it is patient. And yes, it is kind. And yes, it is long-suffering. But it does not lie. 
I love you enough to help you this morning. That's what God is trying to do. And so after this thing, where they disobeyed these two things and they touched what was banned, the Bible lets us know that they fall. Now let me show you this real quickly. They fall first of all because God is trying to show us that out of their disobedience, even though they were victorious, now they are defeated. That means I want you to hear this. When I ran revivals for the church of God, from Sunday to Wednesday, I was invincible. The anointing would be on my life. Miracles were happening. Financial miracles. Devils cast out. But as soon as the revival was over on Wednesday night, it seemed like the devil would just jump in my car with me. The greatest depression of my life, the greatest loneliness of my life, the greatest sin of my life that I had to fight was always when the victory and the revival was over. The enemy is cunning today, saints. He probably knows he's not going to get you to have an affair right now at 11.34 on Sunday morning. That's why he shows up at your job at 9.05. That's why he puts you with that co-worker who's lonely and his spouse is not talking to him and your spouse is not talking to you and you just need somebody to cry on or some shoulder to lean on and you think that's all. It'll never go that far. I'm coming to let you know just because your name is at North Walhalla does not mean that you're in zip from the enemy destroying your life. Two, listen quickly, we're gonna move fast. Not only, not only does the enemy strike after victory, it shows us also in chapter seven that one man by the name of Achan who touched the accursed thing to get back to his home, buried it up under his tent, it shows us, get ready for this, that you, mister, I'm grown now. I'm gonna get in trouble. Y'all ready? I'm grown now. I can do what I want to do, mama. Preacher Nola, get out of my business. You know, I, I can do whatever. And, and listen, I, I, I don't understand today. Back when I came along and we were living in sin and doing ungodly things, I still had enough respect for my mama not to put it on social media. We got people in hotel rooms on church rolls, their names are, putting stuff on social media, talking about God's being good to you. No, he's not. Come, let's go now. Let's go with me. And that, no, and it's not only have we crossed the line where sin doesn't matter anymore, now we have the audacity to say, well, I'm not hurting anybody. It's just me. Get out my business. I pay my own bills. I'll do what I want to. I'm 16 years of age. I know better than mom and dad. I'm 26 years of age. I know better than you, preacher. And I'll come and let you know with that selfish attitude that you have, you are affecting the generation that is sitting at your table. You are affecting your mom and your dad. You are affecting everybody around you. Your attitude, your lifestyle, your sin, your refusal to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, your ideologies, your things that are contrary to the word of God, but you refuse to obey the word of God, your lifestyle that you know is wrong. I'm not judging you. I love you. I want you to come back. See, you thought I was talking about you, but I may not have been talking about you. I may have been talking about the man and woman that are living in adultery sitting here this morning. But see, your own conscience got a hold of you. But can I remind you, there is still one greater than your conscience. And the Bible said he is the Holy Ghost. I feel him. 
I thought I would have to fight, but I, I feel the Holy Ghost. Achan's name means trouble. In fact, the valley was later named the Valley of Acre, Achan, which means trouble. See, when you think that you're not hurting anybody else and you think you're not bothering anybody else, you've got a mama somewhere who loves you. You've got a father somewhere who loves you. You've got a spouse somewhere who loves you. You've got children who are counting on you. Listen, when you were 16, I'd give you a free pass, but I can't give you that same free pass at 46. You still riding around Wahala, still got the same liquor bottle up under your front seat, still going down to Ingalls getting a bottle of orange juice so you could just make that same drink that you were making at 16. You've got older, you've lost hair, you've got a little bit of weight on you, but you're still the same person, same attitude, same arrogant attitude saying, how dare you tell me, I'll whoop you when you get outside. Don't, don't, don't mistake this old preacher now. Don't jump too quick now. I got a few people in this church that might help me out. You understand what I'm saying? Are you listening? But same attitude. I'm not preaching at you hard. I'm telling you it's affecting somebody. It's not, I felt that. It's not only affecting those in the natural around you, but you've got a call of God on your life. God's got a word for you to do. There are many people that you are supposed to touch and bless and lead them out of darkness into the marvelous lie but because you have never grown up because you still say I'm not hurting anybody you're still staying the same person that you've always been but the problem is the Holy Ghost has opened the door to your tent this morning he's got a shovel and he's starting to dig some things up now you need to let him work in your life thirdly it lets us know that God still sees everything my wife, I, she does so much. Last, last night, when Ashley got sick, she drove over to Greenville. She loves this church. And she does a lot of things, but there, she's, she's a saint. Y'all can tell her I say that. Please tell her. Please. Y'all tell her when I say other stuff, so somebody please text her that right now. But there were some things we talked about in her past and some, some things she didn't do certain things. And I always asked her, well, what kept you? And she said, well, first... She said, I was really saved. She was picking at me. She said, two, she said, I didn't want to hurt my daddy. But then three, three always got me. She said, did you not ever think that God was watching you? And I told her, I said, I really wasn't thinking about God at that time, but, but I see what you're saying. But the point is still true. She said, I was always taught that no matter what you're doing, that God sees all. And we have the audacity to think, even with technology, today where everything is seen and nothing is hidden, we have the audacity to think that this holy God doesn't even know who we are. So right now in the service while the Holy Ghost is dealing with you, you are making up excuses and lies and agendas on why you don't want to receive this truth. Well, he doesn't really know me. He doesn't understand me. He wasn't there when I was touched wrong at eight years of age. I was not, but God was. And the same God that saw your pain then is the same God that wants to heal you today. And the God that is whispering in your ear is not a God of hate, but he's a God of love. An intercession is being made for you. And intercession is not condemnation. Intercession is grace and mercy standing in a gap for you when you cannot stand for yourself. So if you would just hear me one more time when I say we are not judging you, but we are throwing the gospel out to you that you might be changed forever because nothing that you have ever done 
one has been absent from the eyes of God. But here's the good news. While God sees all, God still loves you this morning and his grace is still for you this morning. So if you will come to the recognition that while God saw you at your worst state, his love has never waned from you and he loves you just as much today as he did the moment you were committing that sin. But be no mistaken, as much as God sees and lets love flow, he also still deals with sin. God did not let them go forward because if this represents the foreshadowing of the spirit-filled uh, Christian in the New Testament, God could not let Achan get away with this and be blessed because if he did then, he would have to now. And can I let you know, he does not now. I'm not talking about that, that slip up. I'm not talking about that thing. I'm not talking about that moment. I'm not talking about you pleading the, the grace of God. I'm talking about that sin that you continue to do, that you bury deep inside of you. You buried in your home. You locked the door. You turned the light off. Nobody knows and nobody sees. I know because I've been there. You are there or you were there. We're all in the same boat. But I've got to let you know, God steals deals with sin. He does it because he loves you and if he did not do it then, if he let it go then, he would have to let it go now and God refuses to let it go because sin, open sin is rebellion and rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and God always deals with witchcraft. Are you listening? Light and darkness can't help but fight against each other. It's like the Patriots and the Rams. Somebody's got a battle to the end. I'm telling you, the enemy is battling to the end for your soul. But praise be to God. Prayer has been made. Intercession has been made. And God's hand is not short. And his ear is not deaf. God still saves. He's not willing for any to perish. And God will save in this house today. Because of their ignorance. Let me throw this quickly. Where Joshua messed up was this. Joshua ran from chapter six to chapter seven. That's why chapter seven starts with the word but. Because there is a change. And Joshua, I believe if his mistake, uh, uh, Charles, is this. Living off yesterday's victory, he is comfortable. And he runs into battle almost with an arrogance, so to speak. Maybe he had a right to be arrogant after Jericho, but he should have had communion with God first. He runs into AI. He says, they are smaller. Now, I want you to watch this because this is going to change. At this moment, AI is small. I want you to remember that phrase because I, before I close in the next 12 minutes, AI will be huge in less than one chapter. At this moment, AI is small. AI is a town there. The, the, the place of battle. Joshua says, you know what? We don't even need everybody. We're gonna let some people stay home and go to the steakhouse and beat everybody else there, right? And they take less people and they go try to fight, but while they're trying to fight, they overestimated their strength and underestimated the strength of their enemy. Never overestimate your ability in the flesh and never underestimate 
the power of the devil when he has an open door into your life. You got saved yesterday. You, you can't cast out devils yet, sweetie. Don't, don't neglect the gray hair in this church. There's still wisdom in that gray hair. When we're dealing with some extreme situations, I, I love Aiden. I'm glad he's at altar and, and love the night and all that, but I'm not putting you up against some devils yet. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what happened. They overestimated their own power in their flesh and underestimated their enemy. I come to let somebody know you cannot defeat the enemy because of who you are, your last name, or your member of the church of God, or the Baptist, or the Presbyterian, or whoever, wherever you come from, I don't care. You can never defeat them on the basis of who you are. The defeat is always on the basis of the sufficient work that was done at Calvary. And when that work was done at Calvary, the door was opened now that he is our intercessor and advocate for me to come to him. And if I come to him and confess my sins, then I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ if I let him come into my life. And at that very moment, I stand no longer on my own power. I stand on Jesus Christ, the solid rock I stand and all other ground is sinking sand. Quickly. I want you to move quickly. Verse six, stay with me. I'm gonna speak a little faster, so stay with me. For verse six to nine is no filters. We have the raw emotion of defeat. This is what happens when sin takes control. This is what happens when we want our own way. This is what happens when we don't care what the word says. Neil, I love you, I love this church, but you're not gonna tell me what to do. I will still love you, this church will still love you, but I wanna prophesy to you, are you ready? People love prophecy, get ready. This is your, your next week. This is your next year. If you continue to walk in your sin, this is coming to you. Joshua falls on his face. The, his army is destroyed. He puts dust on his head and they cry and they weep and even some start talking about going back because God has forsaken them. God did not forsake them. This is no filter, raw emotion, the effects of what happens when sin takes control. This is what happens when the Bible is replaced with meth. This is what happens when you trade your wife for your third girlfriend. This is what happens when alcohol is not a social drink or for the stomach's sake or whatever you classify it as and you drink at 6 o'clock in the morning, 12 at noon, 4 at afternoon, 12 at midnight. This is what happens when you get a DUI. I'm not judging anybody. I'm preaching the word. Heard. This is what happens when you tear out the book of Corinthians. This is what happens when you tell God who you should love and how you should love and when you should love. This is what happens when you tell God, I don't want to go to church anymore. Then you wonder you why your kids don't want to go to church. Mom and daddy don't want to go to church. Why should kids want to go to church? This is the outcome. Sin always brings destruction, not sometimes, not when my daddy was a boy, not when this church first started. Sin always brings a downfall. But the good news quickly this morning is, Joshua doesn't stay there, and God doesn't leave us there. And I'm telling you, I'm not judging you, but I'm reaching my hand out to you this morning. You don't have to stay there in that life. God will give you a brand new life in Jesus' name. 
I'm going to say something that's going to get me in trouble on both sides of the aisle. But I don't care. Because you're not going to hear, the ones that get mad don't want to hear me anyway. People always tell me, but Brother Neil, I was born that way. I was born with this attitude. I was born with my daddy's disposition. My daddy was a drug dealer. I'm going to be a drug dealer. My mother was this. I'm going to be this. We call that some churches generational curses. Church I come from, they just called it sin, but whatever. And so we do that. And then we say, I'm born to this lifestyle. I never fight that. I don't. I, I think it's a useless fight. Just my opinion. You want to know why? Because he said, Nicodemus, have you been a good man? I've kept the law since my youth. But what's the next statement? Even though you're a good person, you must be born again. I don't care what you claim to be or who your daddy is or what was passed down to you up under a Christmas tree. I don't care what your sad story is while, while other kids were getting bicycles, you were getting a leftover liquor bottle. I feel sorry for you, but I come to tell you because I love you, you don't have to stay that way and your children don't have to be like you. God still loves you and whatever way you are born, you can be born again, brand new, start over, new life, better life, transform life, starting over, New life, transform life, brand new, not made over, not reproduced, brand new in the blood of Jesus Christ. Behold, God makes all things new. Stand with me all over the house. Stand with me. Let's give God praise. Born again. Come on, let's give him praise. Wow, I feel the Holy Ghost. Listen to me, there was, I wanted to get to three questions and two statements of Joshua. It won't happen. That's for another time. Joshua's profound and there's three questions and two statements that God restores him. But I want to tell you this as I close. In verse 10 and verse 11, when God shows, really begins to deal with Joshua Joy, he says something that's very deep theologically. And this is what it is. He says this. Well, my crowd is what he says. He says, get up. I like that. You see how deep that was? Even for a PD boy who sometimes preaches with a low country accent fast. You understood that, didn't you? Get up. Joshua thought it was over. And one of these questions, he says, God, if only we could just dream again. I thought we were going to go further. And God shows up to ask him, did you think just because one person messed up that I was going to stop what I've already promised? God was saying, Joshua, I'm going to do this thing. Now the question is, do you want to go or not? That's the question. So he says to Joshua, get up, son. I come to say to somebody today, won't you get up? And I skipped a bunch here that I really wanted to press. Why don't you get up today? The prodigal remembered, you know what? My daddy treats his servants better than the way the devil is treating me out here in the field. The Bible teaches us, Brother Steve, that when that child started going home and his daddy was looking out the window back in Society Hill, and I don't know if y'all done this. I bet Brother Loudermilk, some of the old ones probably have done this. We used to take a hog and butcher a hog. Anybody ever done that? Oh, okay, don't worry about that. That's all right. You know what I'm talking about. That's what we call a shindig background from when the kin folk will come back. Y'all understand? Anyway, and we would have a party because somebody came home. Mama would cry and daddy would rejoice. 
That's what God wants. Joshua, get up. I know it wasn't you, son, but you've got to get up. I'm about to do a work. I'm going to expose this sin. And once I expose it, you will deal with it. And then we'll move forward. And never in the book of Joshua again do you see a defeat like this. Why? Because God had a work for them to do just like he has for you this morning. Get up. Father, I have preached your word today. And where I thought I would get to has not been the ambition of the Lord. That shows us how small I am, God. But it's the reliance upon the Holy Spirit that I still stand amazed because you do what I can't do and, and what I think really doesn't matter, does it? And Father, you're reaching out in love today to people that need the gospel. No stones in our hands. No judging. No judgment. Just God letting them know, though, I'm going to deal with your sin. But I, if you deal with it and lay it before me, the work has already been done on the cross. If you need salvation, God will forgive you today in Jesus' name. No filters. No more covering it up. No more changing the reality. Only to go back home and cry your eyes to sleep. Today it changes at North Wahala. Are you ready? Lives are going to change. Would you believe that with me? Souls are going to change. Aiken, God's come for you. Listen, oh, Brother Nola, but God dealt with Aiken differently. No, God still deals with Aiken the same. Listen to me. I felt somebody just say that. But God killed Aiken. God still does that. Every time, the soul that sins shall surely die. But the Achans are no longer named Jill and John and Neil and Joey. The Achan is named Jesus Christ. All our sin was placed upon his back. And when he went to that cross, he who knew no sin bore our sin. That you and I might live victorious forevermore. He has made a way for us to be redeemed. Amen. On the count of three, every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Father, one. Today you can change. Today is your day of redemption. Today is your birthday. Today you will be born again too. God's calling you. This is no accident. This is not a setup from man. This is not an ambush from man. This is a setup from God where God has stepped into your life to have a divine encounter like the woman at the well so you will never thirst again. Three, would you come right now? Come, 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 come. Saints, praying. Saints praying. Come now. Come, come one. Come all who need the blood of Jesus Christ. You can be changed. You can be different. Right now, come, come pray, 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 pray. Pray. There's warfare being made. Can we sing that last song? Can we sing? Would you pray? Come on, come on. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, come on. My goodness gracious.